Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. I'm Simone de Rochefort, a senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, the executive director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. Yeah. First time I've done both titles correctly and i only messed up like almost <laughs> almost almost i mean look it's it's you've had to go through so many title changes for all of us over the years that the fact that you get it right most weeks <laughs> i think you know what? really speaks to this that's true you guys are changing your dang titles every year the only change i've had i became a senior and i'm proud of that we became a senior but also you moved to polygon like True, but I think I was still a video producer when I was at Pixelkin. Okay, well, anyway, I, I, okay, so video producer Pixelkin, video producer Polygon. All right, that does that. It's, that it's is pretty, pretty similar. Pretty darn close. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know so, where but I'm going to go from here. Like, how you guys have any other like P named companies? I will try Politico? to stay at this company for a oh, while. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. can't go to Politico. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, you said P names. I'm just trying to think. I don't know. You're right. I should not have crapped on your brainstorm. I'm sorry. This is a safe space where we can throw ideas about freely. And I appreciate your willingness to come to the table and be vulnerable. <laughs> so uh, hey. you can do so many voices. Could you do the cop's voice? Can you say like, Rocket is filmed on location. Cops is, Rocket is recorded on location in New York City, uh, Massachusetts, and Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Did I do it right? I, oh my god! I, that's, I don't. I mean, know. that's pretty epic. That was your your Batman voice. I feel. <sighs> yeah, that is, that that is your Batman voice. I'm but Batman. Rocket is recorded on location <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Get off our streets. <laughs> and into wherever you listen to podcasts, because baby, we have a show for you. Hey, hey, to. Wonderful, fresh stories from Monday night, one on TikTok, one on Epic versus Apple. Yes, that's right. It's your Epic versus Apple weekly update. Everyone's favorite soap opera. The latest episode is is really good, right? It It's delightful. Uh, Let's do that one first. Get it out of the way. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. So in an order that was filed on Monday night, and I know because I logged on to Slack at like 1230 and Summit was updating our post on Polygon, uh, a federal judge ruled that Apple cannot terminate Epic's access to Unreal Engine development tools on Apple platforms, but also that Epic does not have the right to bring its modified version of Fortnite back to the App Store. So essentially, Epic will be able to maintain development of Unreal Engine on iOS and macOS, which is great, I think, for all the third-party developers that use that incredibly ubiquitous tool. Uh, However, on August 27th, when Chapter 2 Season 4 of Fortnite comes out, iOS users will not be able to play it because that thing will not be in the App Store. So the judge basically said that What quote unquote? While Epic has not yet demonstrated that it was likely to succeed on the merits of its antitrust complaint against Apple, quote unquote, serious questions do exist about Apple's App Store policies. Um, And she also pointed out that basically this decision was made because Epic Games International, which runs Unreal Engine, is a separate entity from the Epic Games that makes Fortnite makes sense. Uh, However, she also (laughs) very clearly said 
about app or about Epic wanting Fortnite back in the App Store. You guys can't call this irreversible damage when you did the damage to yourself when you made the change yourself that broke the rules. Yeah. You can't just go and call that irreversible damage. There, they still need to decide if, as Epic says, they could make that update because what Apple is doing is illegal and therefore they don't have to follow the illegal rules. Like that's still a question that has to be settled. But it's not irreversible damage if you like <laughs> step on your own foot and then you're like, hey. Ah, <laughs> uh, and the next hearing is scheduled for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's birthday, what I want to take away from this. Yeah. Ha- happy birthday, Simone. Um, everybody's. I mean, honestly, well, though, it's in oh, September, so don't get too excited. I understand this, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's a good thing, like. September 28th for for people who aren't aware like that's when this is going to happen and Simone gets to like celebrate her birthday with our favorite episode of our favorite of our favorite soap opera. Oh my god, you're so right. And let me check my calendar and see what day of the week that's going to be. Cuz for once we we can really prepare <laughs> and find out if we're recording around there. Yeah. It it'll be um Oh, it's a Monday. So yeah, actually. Oh my we god. Will, see the universe really loves us. That's most really specifically great. you. Wow. And, you know, it's great that we're in a pandemic, too, because my birthday can be on a Monday and it doesn't even matter. Because <laughs> what are birthday parties anymore? Not just weird <laughs> Zoom calls where everybody, like, drinks to Honestly, the camera, sort of? I have been, I, I'm in the primo position for this birthday because I have not had a birthday party for the last two years and it has rocked. Uh, so I, I've been training for this. Now, no, you can edit this out if you want, if you don't want people to know your age, but Am I correct? Are you turning 28? Oh, guess again. I'm going to guess 16. Correct. 100. 1600. 1600. Okay. You're a vampire. I'm turning 30. Oh, awesome. Oh, my God. See, okay, all right. See, see, the reason that I have, see, because I've, I'm never turning thirty. So this is, this is why I just haven't internalized this because I'm never turning thirty. Um, so in my mind, I'm always just like, yeah, Simone is, you know, X years younger than me. Obviously, I, I do want to clarify when I say that I am an age, like I uh, abbreviate it. So thirty million is my mm-hmm. actual age, but I, I just to keep things short. We'll just short, call it 30. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say, maybe you'd say you're like turning three and I was like, eh, I don't know about that. But yeah. Oh my God. So this is, all right. So you haven't had them for two years, but all right, well, we got to have like a big, like, you know, celebration for, for this. But wait a minute. What about Epic <laughs> and Apple? I mean, I'm just, well, okay, frankly, your birthday is more interesting to me than the fact that the two billionaires are still fighting. I don't know, like. The girls um, are I, fighting. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that this happened. I think this is probably the right decision, which is to say that this lower court shouldn't, like this decision, they can't adjudicate, you know, the bigger issue. So yep. they shouldn't. And by re, by basically like saying, look, the, the, you know, Unreal Engine stuff is fine, provided, of course, that that Epic doesn't want to, you know, betray its own customers and wants to continue to update stuff. This is good. You know, I mean, I think that that is, is perfectly uh, normal. What will be interesting, and I, I read the ruling and it didn't really seem clear to me, is what it'll mean for any of the other apps of theirs in the App Store. So, 
you know, uh, but but I guess that's maybe a, a secondary thing. Well, Ray, I mean, they're not going to have their 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 developer account, so I can't imagine like Fortnite's not getting updated. What else does Epic even have in the Apple uh, iOS App Store right now? Because they've pulled Infinity Blade, right? Uh, Infinity Blade is gone. Um, no, so oh, I'm you looking at like that have, game too, right? Yeah. So so the only thing that's left now is Battle Breakers. Yeah, um, okay. so <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that's left. So I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. So, you know, no harm, no foul. What, what I am actually interested to see is if Apple will revoke the developer certificate for Fortnite, or if they will continue to let it exist, because how it exists right now is if you'd already downloaded the game and you launch the game, it still launches. Now, I don't think that it will be able to get like the next season when that launches, but no. But but when but when you launch the game, that actually uh, you know um, you can still play you know the other content. So that'll be the interesting thing. I think considering the deprecation of uh, mobile games, it's almost a matter of time until it breaks. Though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. It is and it's not, and it really depends because there are plenty of developers who, as long as the app. Like they don't sell it anymore, but it's still available in your purchases. And as long as the developer account is still active and they can re-sign that certificate, it doesn't have to be like available to down like to buy in the store. So, th- like there, that's a very common scenario where either uh, you know a, a, a developer pulls an app for whatever reason and it still is available to download. You know, maybe there have even been cases. There have been many cases where Apple has like pulled an app for some reason and you can still download it. Like. Flappy Bird is the most famous one, right? Like the that yeah. app only broke. It was had nothing to do with the dev certificate. It only broke because when the um, transition, when Apple got rid of the ability to open 32-bit apps, it hadn't been updated. And that was the only reason why it stopped working. Well, there we are just around the corner from a new version of iOS. And my experience dun, dun, has been uh, every single time Unreal mega breaks. <laughs> Unreal <laughs> absolutely breaks between OS versions. Uh, this is, I, I did want to touch on this because this to me was the, I, I kind of expected this to happen. This didn't surprise me. What did surprise me, and Christina, you may not be able to chime in on this, is uh, Microsoft coming out this week in uh, in favor of Epic, weighing in, saying this would cause uh, serious damage to Unreal Engine. And basically, they wrote an amicus brief, right? Uh, basically, uh, supporting Epic. And I read the uh, their their letter. It was very reasonable. And I don't know. I was I was really like Microsoft feels like Switzerland these days. <laughs> so I was. <laughs> surprised to see them uh, take a position on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously can't comment. I don't know anything about it. But, but my like total outsider thing would say, you know, you have to look at, I have to imagine, I mean, just like I, I'm not in a position to comment on it. I don't know anything about it. So I'm not going to. But it is a weird thing. Um, I have to imagine when you are partners with both companies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll this be is... getting into more things Christina can't talk about in just a minute. <laughs> Finish your your thought, Bree. Sorry. No, that was that was basically it. I mean, uh, I I do think that Microsoft, at the end of the day, like their bread is going to be buttered on the side of development tools and accessibility. And I mean, this affects them too, right? So I don't know. I just I just. I realize everyone sucks in this scenario and there are no heroes here. And I roll my eyes at anyone I see online cheering for one side or the other. But am I am I naive to think that this is going to be healthy for everyone involved for this to go through the courts and it to be adjudicated? I think I it mean, could. Yeah. And, and the thing that I'm curious about is what 
bearing Epic having a case open against Apple will have on the Supreme Court antitrust case that's happening right now. Like if it's too late for yeah, this to be I taken into it consideration, is. it is. Okay. I, I think that it is. And I mean, more usually what happens, I wouldn't be surprised if in the opinion, whichever way they go, they cite this case as something. But the fact that this is unsettled shouldn't impact their decision. And plus, there are different questions. Did I say Supreme Court? Because I meant Congress, right? Yes. I was curious about that. You said that. I was like, was there a Supreme Court case going on and I missed it? Yeah. I, and I thought the same thing. And so, okay. And and so, and so I, I, I um, so actually, so I retract that because I wasn't even thinking, yeah, but it was a Supreme Court case, then this being like just recently filed legislation would be something that they would write in their decision, but it wouldn't impact it because they'd be judging it on different factors. Congress, I mean, it's unclear. I mean, I think that if Congress decides to take some sort of decision, like if the Department of Justice decided to to take some sort of action, this, I think, could obviously be something that could be cited and be part of their case if they decided to bring one. But I don't know if this specifically, you know, does anything. Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I'm personally slightly more comfortable with the judiciary weighing in on this than with, like, the legislative branch right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I also like how we basically just like created our rated E for sorry, rated what G for everyone, uh, Supreme Court AU of <laughs> the antitrust case. Yeah. Somebody put that on AO3, the fan fiction website for those of you who. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That would actually be really good to have to have like the the yeah the Supreme Court version of. Right, honestly, all those memos. I, I, I want to read Sotomayor's take on Apple Epic, I really do. Do you think you can really get in her head? Wow, anyway, wow. Uh, hey, hey, this episode of <laughs> The Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. <laughs> Stop me before I go off the rails. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website hadn't gone off the rails and gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom detects 13 million outages every month. That is more than 400,000 outages every day. Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. So they'll let you customize how you're alerted, depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so that you can see where your users are affected in their experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That is, again, pingdom.com, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com slash RelayFM for a 14-day trial and the code ROCKET at checkout for 30% off. Thanks so much, Pingdom, for sponsoring this episode, Rocket. <laughs> that was particularly dramatic this week. Thank you. I really, I, I flexed my range, I feel. Well, time to talk about something else. 
You can do a better segue than that. (laughs) Well, time to talk about something else. As you know, if you've listened to this show before, we do two large topics every week. We just finished the first topic. That one was about Apple. Apple. (laughs) Apple. Apple. (laughs) Apple. It's my my smush name. Have you been drinking? Have you been drinking? Oh my god! But Apple's the ship name for the Ao3 fanfic that we're gonna write. This is my Apple fic. Sonia Sotomayor is sober. You can tell us. Like it's okay. We won't judge you. I'm just in a good mood. Okay. Um, (laughs) Except that I ruined the gag that I was gonna make where I over-explain the format of the show to people after five years of listening. So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna follow through on that. But this is the second topic of three, and it's about TikTok. <laughs> so another another great legal moment from Monday night, which was a huge night for people who love legal moments. TikTok totally. sued the U.S. government, accusing the Trump administration of depriving it of due process when Trump used his little economic emergency economic powers uh, to issue an executive order that would block TikTok from operating in the U.S. with an arbitrary date of, I think it was like 45 days from when the executive order was first issued. Uh, This story comes from New York Times, as reported by our pals Mike Isaac and Anna Swanson. So TikTok said in a blog post that they're filing this lawsuit against the administration because they say the administration failed to follow due process and act in good faith, neither providing evidence that TikTok was an actual threat nor justification for its punitive actions. They also went on to say that, like, stories that it was basically based on outdated news stories, this idea that TikTok is uh, harboring U.S. customer data and feeding it to the Chinese government. Uh, So Jason M. Waite, a partner at the law firm Alston & Bird, who uh, Isaac and Swanson talked to, said that this is probably going to be a difficult one for the courts or for, for TikTok to win simply because... It's very difficult to say when it comes to matters of national security that the president can't do something. The courts are generally very uh, reluctant to issue rulings on that. But if in the kind of the unlikely scenario that the court did rule in TikTok's favor, it would end up curtailing the powers of the presidency quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, too, I think, is that obviously this is I mean, I think this is really smart. This is what I I was I was kind of expecting something like this. I was frankly, I was expecting it to be if TikTok had reached, you know, the the deadline that the Trump sent where they have to be sold or shut down or whatever. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, there's going to be some sort of lawsuit to prevent that from happening. And that would then go through the courts and it would go, there'd be a stay, it would go through, you know, the the process and that would keep it online, at least through the election. And then at that point, you might have a different administration, you might have different, you know, scenarios, which which I think is ultimately their goal. And this might do the same thing. I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but it is interesting to think about, like, at this point, this lawsuit could potentially offer them some sort of stay around um unless it's dismissed like very, very quickly, if this isn't dismissed um, with prejudice, meaning that it can't be brought again, if this is not dismissed with prejudice before that deadline, I think that this would give them at least um, like an argument to say, you can't shut us down because we're still in the legal process. So this has to be continued. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there has to be a stay again, you know, through the election. And then, you know, depending on how that goes, could 
could have an impact on on whether or not TikTok is allowed to operate independently or has to be sold or whatever. I think this is a this is a hard topic to to talk about because none of us here are lawyers, uh, except Simone, you're a space lawyer. Yes. Um, Thank you. But it, it's it's really hard because this ruling does come down to you know, jurisprudence, and as as both of you said very accurately, when national security is involved, uh, the courts are generally reluctant to uh, get involved. But that's not an infinite power. Uh, there's a really interesting U- YouTube channel, Legal Eagle, that is suing. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's amazing. And they, they've got a lawsuit right now with uh, basically the Bolton's book, John Bolton's book. Uh, they tried to hold it up and say he couldn't publish it because of national security reasons. They're suing to get some documentation in that to basically prove that that was the reason. And it's, um, you know, the purpose of this lawsuit is to push back on this. Uh, unitary executive, right? Like I think most of us on this show would agree that Trump has really abused his authority and tends to act more like a king rather than a co-equal branch of government. So um, it's, it's, but the specifics and how all of that plays out, I, I just don't have enough legal background to say. I can say as far as the principle on this, I, I definitely support this going to court because I think any reasonable person can read Trump's executive order on this. It's poor reasoning. As both of you said, they don't show their work. <laughs> they don't show any proof. Uh, they don't back up their claims. And if if this is allowed to happen in such a, a, a capricious, in a way that feels so arbitrary, I think it really sets a, uh, a troubling precedent, right? Like all of us, I think on the show, generally agree that we want um, – tech products to succeed, generally speaking, on this their viability in the marketplace and what they bring forward. It's very troubling for me to see an executive power coming out and basically forcing it to be sold for reasons that don't hold much water uh, when they haven't even shown their proof. So I, I, I realize it's unlikely, but I do hope this is found to have merit. Yeah, and that's a wonderful segue because uh, the fight to buy TikTok has gotten even more complicated mm-hmm. in the last week as well. Um, and this is the part where Christina can't comment on certain things, but I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about other things uh, because Oracle and Twitter have joined Microsoft in the <laughs> conversation of, hey, should we buy TikTok? Um, and Twitter would definitely need more investor money to accomplish that because TikTok <laughs> is very expensive. Um, but Oracle, oh, they're, they're actually they're doing pretty well right now. Although I think no one is excited about the idea of Oracle owning TikTok. <laughs> are you kidding me? The content for all of us who are not on TikTok watching <laughs> Oracle own TikTok is tremendous. Okay, fair enough. I, I will uh, let also, you. Also, real talk, Instagram slash Facebook, rather, is, would be very excited by the idea of Oracle buying TikTok. Okay, that is a compelling point. Uh, I agree. Mark Zuckerberg is rubbing his hands together somewhere, chuckling. Um, And speaking briefly of Microsoft, so last time we said they were tossing around the idea of buying TikTok, they've had talks, and reportedly, they have also now tossed around the idea of buying TikTok Europe and TikTok India, neither of which ByteDance has said they want to sell. I don't know what's going on over there, but essentially Microsoft is talking about buying the English-speaking ones, uh, New Zealand, Australia, U.S., but also 
maybe Europe and India, uh, which would be nuts. <sighs> and I believe the government is still making noise about like, hey, and if you buy TikTok, you should make a donation to the U.S. Treasury, which is still completely deranged. And I hate it. That's wrong. <laughs> it's what the mob does. It's just, oh, I mean, it is oh. what the mob does. Um, I, I will say, you know, um, without commenting on the viability of, of anybody like, buying any part of TikTok, TikTok has been shut down in India. And so that business buying that would, that being for sale rather, would make sense more than say maybe if other parts of it were, um, you know, the fact that it, it cannot operate in India. And now that you've seen basically other services kind of overtake it in India, I think makes that interesting on a lot of levels. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what anything is or isn't. But I just wanted to, to point that out that TikTok mm-hmm. has actually been banned in India. Yes, that is important. I think it's so funny. So do you all know that friend and they they break up? And like they dump their their boyfriend, and then like later they're wanting to get back together with their boyfriend. And it's like you've made your choice. That's kind of how I feel about Twitter, like trying to with go Vine? get TikTok yeah. because of Vine. It's yeah. like you had you, you had, had it. a short, sexy, fun, youth oriented video service. It was doing very well. You had stars. They wanted to be paid just the littlest bit. And you said F you and you broke up with it. I mean, you you broke up with them and you shut it down, which was bad. I will say this. I think that like Jake and Logan Paul and those, you know, people going and being like demanding that they get paid like a million dollars by by Twitter to create vines. I'm that is also extortion. So to me, like I think that it's one thing to say you should have some sort of way to, you know, monetize creators and have them make money and whatnot. And and I think that's true for all the platforms. I think that's one of the reasons why YouTube and Twitch are so successful. Okay, but the difference between paying Logan and Jake Paul a million dollars and shutting down the app, like that's not a binary choice. I agree with you. I agree with you. What I'm saying, though, is that what they were doing, like what those creators were doing, which frankly to me always was disingenuous and gross and stupid on their behalf, is they were like, we will leave unless you do this. And this is the only way to save your app. Now, to me, I think you can tell them to go, you know, screw themselves and also keep the app running. But you're right. It's not a binary choice. I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like I think some people look at them like, oh, they should have just paid those, you know, those viners and everything would have been fine. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're trying to run the price up. That's what I think. <laughs> I think they know they're not going to be able to afford it. So like, oh, yes, we will offer this many dollars. Right. All of our, our monopoly money. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, though, is that, okay, so, you know, they shut down Vine down four years ago or almost four years ago. And it was like a sudden thing. And Twitter's position was very different than like in terms of financials. Their their stock was way low. Their earnings were bad. Like their user growth and other stuff was not good. Um, a lot of you know, the the board and like the proxy fights were even more against Dorsey than they have been recently. So, you know, part of me thinks, okay, the way that they would rationalize it would be, we were a very different company then. We had to shut down this thing we had where we weren't showing the growth. We clearly missed the boat because you're exactly right, Brie. Like this is totally like you broke up with like, you know, your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, and then you want them back. And like you're, you're, you're trying and, and it's like, it is too late. You know, like you, yes. you've got to deal with this. So to me that I, I agree with that, but I do also feel like you know, part of me almost feels like I, I can understand like the M&A argument, even though it is obviously laughable for everybody else to be like, well, no, we were in a different place then. And it's like, well, yeah, you were, but you, you also 
TikTok wouldn't arguably wouldn't exist if Vine was still a thing. Now, that's not to say that Vine would be TikTok because I don't think that's true. I just don't think that the market for something like TikTok would have been able to take off the way that it did if there was something like Vine, even if it didn't have a lot of users. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And TikTok. So I, I think it was a year ago that we did our first episode on TikTok. And that was around the time of TikTok's one year anniversary. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's worth pointing out, as Casey Newton did in his interface column today, in that year, TikTok has grown astronomically. Like it yeah. has exceeded, I think, every or most predictions that were made about like its popularity continuing to grow, its user base continuing to grow, its cultural cachet continuing to grow, and also solved the problem that I believe we touched on last year, which was how are influencers getting monetized? How is their work being justified, like their time on the app being justified? And we've seen over the last year a lot of uh, brands getting involved in TikTok, uh, but also the app introducing ways for influencers to make money on their content. So they pretty much nailed it on every every one of the concerns that were realistic for the app, except the one of how not to tick off the U.S. government, <laughs> the <laughs> right. volatile U.S. government. Yeah, no. And I think that the other thing that that we, you know, and we talked about kind of like security a little bit last year, although I think it was less focused, you know, on what it is now, but those concerns were out there. And I think a lot of it was about like the time kids spend on the app and stuff that kids do on the app. The one thing that I think that hasn't necessarily um, kind of been uh, discussed enough, except almost like breathlessly as like this this great thing about TikTok, and, and I understand that, is the fact that the thing that makes it so addictive, right? Like the algorithm mm-hmm. of the thing that keeps you tuned in because I, you know, log into TikTok every day and I don't create TikTok. And it is very interesting to me. Um, I've, I've had some conversations about this recently with people where, you know, every other social network that I'm on is basically comprised of people that I know in real life. It's my social graph. Whereas TikTok is basically an interest graph and I'm not really tied to those Ooh. people and I don't really know anything about who they are. And I, and sometimes I don't care. You know what I mean? There are some people I like a lot, but like if I follow somebody on TikTok, that's not necessarily a guarantee that I'm going to follow them other places. But maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I think the bigger thing is like, I don't really have any interest in following my friend's on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a completely decoupled experience from that, which I think in some ways it's really interesting and might be that in the algorithm, like part of why it's successful. Because if you do stuff on TikTok, it's not necessarily like your friends are going to see it and it's going to be, you know, something that you have to feel responsible for in the same way as if you're, you know, putting it on Twitter or, or you know, um, uh, Facebook or, or whatever. Uh, but also, like, I don't feel the obligation you know, like it's not asking me like, oh, these are the people you know. I'm not uploading my phone number, my mm-hmm. phone, ad- my address book to it and then being like, oh, I can follow Simone. Like I, you know. And like, I really we- appreciate that about it because I think yeah. in, I, I mean, we, I could theorize that that might be one of the reasons that it is su- so successful is because I think there are so many places where we can follow our friends and get updates on their lives. Um, and TikTok just didn't need to replicate that experience, and it didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, that's compelling. Hey, hey, any final thoughts on TikTok, the ongoing TikTok saga? 
Trump I can't sucks. wait for the movie. I really can't wait for David Fincher and um, um, Aaron Sorkin. Do you think it's going to be called TikTok? Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, honestly, that would be that. I, I don't know, but the Social Network was legit one of the best movies of the last decade. Um, oh yeah, like on like objectively, like it was one of the best movies of the last decade. So I genuinely want to see the TikTok movie. Delicious. Yeah, well, I can't. You know, I can't figure out why the Steve Jobs movie by Aaron Sorkin was so bad when Social <laughs> Network was so good. I I can't figure that out in my mind. Uh, I think. Well, a I think that the entire creation of it was just a, a mess, and and I I did a deep dive into all the Sony emails when that happened, and and the back and forth with the studio stuff was just a mess. Secondly, I think the sort of thing, the big thing was the source material was just not good. Yeah. Um, the, the Isaacson book, you know, was flawed in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and then C, I will say like, I think that Sorkin, like his structure worked really well for the social network and the way that he did the vignettes for the Steve Jobs film was just bad. Yeah. I don't know. Trent Reznor helped too. Anyway, sorry. Didn't yeah. That's true. Derail. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he did. The, the, the Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor, Academy Award winning uh, soundtrack, I might add, is very good stuff. I still need to finish watching that movie. Oh, I know. I knew judgment. I knew that was going to be the reaction. Judgment. Judgment Day. <laughs> All right. We have an exciting dessert today. Uh, so our friend, friend of the show, friend, former co-worker of Christina Ray Wong over at The Input made a Lego NES into a real game console that actually plays 8-bit Nintendo games. Using, of course, I believe a Raspberry Pi. No, or the NES no. Classic. He used the NES yes. Classic. Oh wow! He said right, he could have used better. a Raspberry Pi and installed an emulator, but he freaking didn't. He used the classic NES. Christina, tell us more about this. So I knew that he was doing this, but I had no idea that it was going to turn out so well because I ordered, you know, my Lego um, system as well. And um, he'd already had his and already put it together and we were going to do a live stream together. And then uh, time got in the way and he was like, no, no, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually put, a, um, you know, a TV, like a, an LCD screen in it. I'm going to put a, an NES inside the, um, you know, the the Lego NES and, and make it so you can play it. And I'm going to be honest. In my mind, I was like, yeah, I think that's going to be cool. Like, and I know you can do something with this, but I had no idea it would turn out looking as good, like, as what he did. Like, it, it, it blew so my mind. freaking good. Yeah. His his big thing was um, he'd ordered the wrong LCD screen at first. And so he had to find another LCD screen, which actually worked better because it's four by three. And, you know, that was, was one of the most challenging parts. But uh, you should definitely like he has a video kind of showing it, but like the, the blog where he goes through all the, the steps is really good. And I don't know, I, I, I love to hear Bree's take on this because I just thought that this was such a, a brilliant like thing to do. And it, you know, I um I now want to kind of like I'm glad I have like a second NES classic that I got when Amazon had like their treasure, ch- uh, you know, um, truck or whatever, because I kind of want to want to do this to mine. Yeah, I think it I think it depends on your reason for 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 playing it, right? For me, when I boot up my NES Classic, it's to practice speed running, right? Because it's got save states, so you can practice boss fights. So I I saw this, it looks cool. And I have to admit, because like speed running is my priority, I'm like, what's the refresh rate? What is right, this? Right, right. What is like all this other stuff? But as far as like a, a work of art to put on your shelf. Yeah, absolutely cool. Um, I I just don't think it would be a good playing experience. Oh no, I agree. So uh, no, yeah, I, I agree. Like to be very clear, I don't think this is like how you should be playing your NES Classic. 
classic, but I just thought like as something to do, like, cause it looks, the, the Lego NES looks amazing anyway. Um, but I think that the fact that you could have like one of the background that you could actually like play on if you wanted to is, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I think for me, the TV is the coolest part. Cause it is, yeah. it's this like tiny little TV on four legs, Lego TV to be clear. And seeing this tiny, tiny little adorable Lego TV with actual video playing on it is just unbelievably cool looking. And like you said, I I can imagine like having that on a shelf and booting up the Lego NES and being like, look at this (laughs) and just impressing the crap out of someone. So, you know, if anyone ever were around me. Which it's got aren't. that. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's got that cool like demo track screen too. And even if you use Hackchi and hack your uh, NES, it will take the hacked games and like do the the last bit of play you did with it, or do the opening load screen with it. So mm-hmm. if you put that in your house, like it would be like that. That music is awesome. Oh, like yeah. it would be a lot of fun. So I'm putting that in the show notes if anyone wants to make their own. So this is on the retro news thing. I want to talk to you about something I spent Christina money on this (gasps) week. (laughs) So have either of you been following the development of the Polymega at all? No. No. Okay, so this is this is something that just came out, and I've been following this for a long time. Um, so the idea is uh most of us, Ooh. or at least Christina and I, we want um, retro games, the ability to play original retro cartridges. But if you're like trying to go and hook up your NES and your PlayStation and your Saturn and your Genesis and all these things, like your your AV center quickly becomes like this ungodly mess, right? And you're trying to go, okay, is it HDMI port this, mm-hmm. whatever? It's terrible. So Polymega came out and they were like, we want to make one retro console that is a really, really good experience. So um, so they, they came out with this thing. It's got different $80 modules that you plug into the front of it. So if you've got an NES, you plug that in. Super Nintendo, you do it. It plays PlayStation games right out of the, right out of the gate. And I've, I've been watching this for three years because I'm like, We've seen this movie before, and because they're not mm-hmm. using FPGA chips, they're using emulation. Oh, they're not using FPGAs. The, the original plan was to use FPGA chips, and they abandoned that. <sighs> and I was like, okay, I'm not interested. But um, now they've started giving alpha units to the really, really good people, Digital Foundry, My Life and Gaming, like people that really know their stuff and analyze this. And the experience that they've been able to show is that it's nearly, it's it looks good enough to practice speed running. Um, Interesting. So, so just the capability alone of being able to uh, you know, run your PlayStation games because there's never been a good retro PlayStation console. I, I feel like that's worth it. And it, it the way it works is it has a hard drive built into it. So if you put, like if I put Super Mario 2 in it and I have a Super Mario 2 copy around, it will pull all the data off that cart. Gotcha, and, and then serve you, it from the hard drive. And serve it from the hard drive from then on. So um, it should be a more stable way to play. So I went ahead, I bought this, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, uh, and of course, the PlayStation module that comes with it. So I'm I'm really excited about this. It comes out in about a month. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, no, that's so at first I, I assumed this was FPGA and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. But if it's not, that's somewhat less interesting. It looks like, um, uh, okay, so am I right that it's it's $400 and then... Correct. 400 for the base module. That's barely Christina money. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is definitely Christina money because, okay, it's $400 and then it's 80 for each of the things. Extra system. Oh. So mine ended up costing about $750. That's Christina money. Yes, that is, is definitely Christina money. Yeah, no, this is, uh, I, I'm interested in hearing your feedback on this because you're right. We haven't had a good, um, you know, PlayStation thing other than the PlayStation classic, which we pretend doesn't terrible, exist. Terrible. I mean, awful, awful. Never but heard I of am, but exactly. But I am curious, like what the point is of having like the CD-ROM drive if, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I get it. I guess that's nice that you can do that. But if it's doing it emulated and not on an FPGA, that still somewhat confuses me. But I, I'm, I'm very interested in getting your, your take on it and seeing how, how it'll be. No, you're dead on. And I wish it was FPGA. They, they abandoned. This is why I don't get. They abandoned it because of cost. But this is an expensive system. Yeah. So, I mean, add on another 50 to get the lag time down to, to less. And I'm there with you. So that's, it's, it's concerning. I just, I feel like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like. I've got all these old PlayStation games. I don't play it. And let's be honest, it is a desert right now for the game industry. Mm. Like every single Tuesday, I go boot out the PlayStation store. I'm like, please have something worth playing. I'm trapped in the house again. I will say with like some, there have been some new Switch games that have been good and there's still stuff coming. I feel like every day on Steam, my coworkers are like, oh, look, this has come out. And I'm like, stop it. I'm tired. <laughs> See, I won't play games on Steam because I feel like I spend all my work day in front of a computer. It's right. just you not wanna... how I want to spend my evenings. That is fair. I, I will say I also prefer not to play games on Steam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm kind of in a similar thing. Although I obviously, you know, um, uh, I because I get it for free, I have like the Xbox, you know, Game Pass Ultimate. And I do enjoy that, right? Because I can play it on like PC or on Xbox. But obviously it doesn't have like the same game, you know, um, like options or whatever as you get other things. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like sometimes I buy stuff on Steam sometimes, but I'm just like, I don't want to do this. This is just, I just, I want to be out of my head on this. So what's interesting about this is that the base system is the one that has the emulators for the the PlayStation, for the 3DS, or not the 3DS, for the, for the Neo Geo CD, the Sega CD, and, um, I I guess like the, uh, Sega Saturn. Yeah, exactly. The Saturn. And then it's the add-ons that give you the cartridge, um, things. Yep. So, yeah, this is still like, I think it's really beautifully designed, um, for sure. Uh, which I'm guessing that's probably why it's still really expensive because the design looks really, really good. Uh, and um, if they'd added an FPGA to this instead of emulators, it would have been even bigger, especially since I'm, I can't even imagine all the tooling they have to do. But yeah, I'm really, really interested in, in hearing from you what this is like because it's a really compelling idea. And certainly I can't think of any, and, and you might know, Brie, but other than like really, really cheap systems, I can't think of anything where we've seen an emulator that'll actually take CD-ROMs. 
Yeah, it's it's very famous uh, how how hard it is to emulate Saturn games, and that's what a lot of the early uh, reviews have said is that this is some of the best Saturn emulation ever. Uh, PlayStation is really really hit or miss. As much mm-hmm. as I love Marvel versus Capcom two, the greatest uh, fighting game ever made, I've never seen that emulated well ever. Um, you know, I actually recently bought a RetroPie four just trying to get it to run decently, and it's still not up to, you know, fighting game standards. So, um, again, I just, I, I, I pulled the trigger, I bought it. I'm just praying to God it's not a disaster because if it is, it's going to be a very expensive $750 brick for my living room. I eagerly await your review. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we wait your review, but also, and I will just make you feel better if it is for some reason terrible, it's a great story and it will look pretty in your living room. Okay. Well, that's what, and, and as she said, Simone, no one will ever see it. So <laughs> <laughs> look at this, Frank. Isn't this beautiful? <laughs> you can mount it on your wall and use it as a shelf. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Brie, what are you doing this week? Uh, we got ads coming out. Y'all, we've got, uh, we are getting involved in the Kennedy Markey race here in Massachusetts. So I spent most of my day uh, pricing out television uh, ads, believe it Woo-hoo. or not. We've got that level of money. That's how well That's we're awesome. doing. We're, we're, it's, I've never had an organization come together this fast and succeed. So it's like you've learned and gotten expertise at your that's job. It. That's it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm doing this week. And, uh, oh, also, y'all, um, so I took the bull by the horns. Uh, the rocket special episode this year is unfortunately not going to have Christina and Simone on it, but it does have uh, John Syracuse, Casey Liss, and our illustrious uh, El Presidente, Stephen Hackett. Uh, nice. So if you know the history of ATP, it originally started as a, a car show neutral. Um, which they then turned into ATP. Uh, we have a Slack here at uh, Relay called Neutral, and we talk about cars there all day long. So I was like, let's get together and let's do a Don't Call It Neutral episode of, of that show. So it's the four of us talking cars for about an hour. It's a lot of fun, and you should uh, subscribe and support Relay so you can listen to this great episode. Yay. Thank you so much for taking control yes, thank of that. Yes, you for doing, doing that. that. It, was, it was terrible having to talk about cars for I know. I know you hate talking people. about cars. I know. I know that, like, it was a real struggle for you. Christina and I have so much expertise about cars we that do. sometimes <laughs> you feel left out. But um, I'm glad that you, you put yourself in that situation. You yeah, talk I'm about really your glad, I'm, hated Porsches. Yeah, I'm really glad you I'm really, really glad you got to talk about cars, which is something you never get to uh get to do. Um uh, uh but no, I am. I'm really glad you got to got to talk about cars. Also, I love the fact, like for longtime listeners, you know, we did many years ago, we did like a um a like a, a switch episode with our friends at ATP, which was really fun. And so that that makes it like I don't know, I always feel like they're family because of that. Because we were both kind of new shows then, so I, I gotta be honest. That's part of why I proposed this. Is I thought I had fond memories of that, and I thought it would be a really good thing to do. So yay! Um, also, I want to just uh, real quick. Uh, speaking of Christina, money, um, Brie convinced me finally. It took me forever, but I finally bought the the Magic uh, Keyboard for oh, the iPad Pro. So I finally got that. And um, the only thing that's kind of been annoying me has been like you know, the case itself or whatever, it's fine. But like, if you wanted to travel someplace with it, it's kind of not an ideal thing because, you know, like the way that it flaps over or whatever, it's, 
I don't know. I don't love it. But usually it's it's because who goes anywhere anymore is just sitting um, either on my bed or, or on my desk. But uh, 12 South is releasing, they have this thing called the Book Book, which is basically a uh, leather um, kind of a cover for your laptop or your iPad that looks like an actual book. Like that's what it's designed to look like. And they are releasing one of those for the iPad, uh, both w- with the you know normal keyboard and with the Magic Keyboard and for like the iPad, the iPad Pro, and that'll be out. So, does it I, look like send a specific book or just like a book? And it looks like an old timey book, which is what's really cool about it. Like it Fancy. looks like like it looks like you know if you had like a really nice book in your library. So um, yeah, so they're 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 sending me one of those, and um, I'll uh, I'll post you know uh, photos and stuff of that on um, uh, Twitter. But um, yeah, I uh, but I just did want to share because Bree did finally convince me to. Buy it and is and that what you're she was doing right. this week? No, I'm trying to clean my office this week. Ah. I just I I, I, I bought that candy cords piling up. Christina Warren. It is. It is. God, I know. I know. Yeah. No, my office is just a, is a disaster. It is truly terrible. I feel like Simone. Do you think that's another ten candy corn? Is that too harsh? It's been a whole week. I feel like a candy corn a day is fair. Okay. Fair. Fine. <laughs> fine. Add 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 another add another seven to the to, to my count. Yep, yep. That's the way it, it is. Actually, I don't just write go ahead rules. and add ten because it's gonna be it'll, it. It's not gonna be done. Like it. It hopefully will be in a better place by the time it we record next week. Listen, but it's Christina, not, it's, it's not gonna be done by Friday. So we'll add yeah, seven add now, 10. and next okay. week we're gonna regroup at our regular Tuesday nine p.m. We'll regroup. We'll talk about your progress. We'll discuss some new goalposts for your project. Terrible. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 work this out. Don't worry, we're on your side. We're on your side. No, I mean, yeah, I, we have to be. No, but it's it's like genuinely, it's like it's awful. We like, know. It's a real we problem. know it's disgusting. No, I know. It, well, no, but like I know now. Like, which is <laughs> <laughs> that is it's the mortifying ordeal of knowing oneself. Hey, no, listen. I know. I'm gonna have to hire someone anyway. I just feel like when I was in rehab, you know, they taught us about accountability, and you know, there were big consequences when you didn't follow through. Christina, you were trapped in a cycle of of you know, you've just got to follow. You got to follow the program. And uh, you need some accountability in your life. <laughs> so we're providing that with candy corn. I need to just pay someone to do it for me. That's really what I need to yeah, do. Yeah, that would work Spend too. some of that Christina money. <laughs> Brie, we might have to talk about like a gentler approach because at a certain point, she's going to become disheartened and any number of candy corn that we add to the total will simply, it'll feel like the situation is impossible to cope with. So... Now, this well, is what I'm going to do. Grant follows me on Twitter. So uh-oh. I'm going to send Grant a, I have a, a Nerf assault rifle. It's the Nerf Percy's. <laughs> it's got 200 destroy their bullets. Yeah. And you just arm Grant. Love and it. And he will, he will, uh, oh, he will provide extra accountability. So this week I am playing Superstar SM non-stop <gasps> because oh. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> it is a K-pop rhythm game uh, published by my favorite music company, or rather, some of my favorite company. I hate them, but they do own all of my favorite bands, with the exception of BTS. Um, and all of their wonderful, wonderful songs are on this app, and I play them with my fingers, and hours of my life melt away. It's incredible. If you've ever wanted time to pass so quickly you should consider playing Superstar SM. And the great thing is, the more you play it, the more you get cards with beautiful, beautiful people on them. 
and the cards make you more and more powerful. And then you can't stop. And that's your life now. Okay, so is the Superstar SM Town, is it Superstar SM? I'm trying to find this. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. It looks like an Android game. Oh, it shouldn't be. Hang on. Let me open up my iPhone that I play it on. Oh, it's yeah, just Superstar. Well, yeah. yeah, Superstar SM Town is the icon, but Superstar SM is the title. Gotcha. Um, and it okay. should be there in the App Store because that's where, unless they said, no, Simone has downloaded it. We can close the trap now. Put it all away, folks. She's going to spend her money in our game and we won't need anyone else. <laughs> no, this uh, is the first Google result that comes yeah, up. Yeah, it just Android. goes, it just goes yeah. to the Android one. But but apparently, as of 2016, so this is way out of date, like it had already made like 8.8 .8 million in revenue and it had it reached 10 million downloads as of 2018. So again, way out of date. So I, I am mean, I'm not I'm, surprised. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like feeling like we've all slept on this, but I'm also like, I'm looking, okay, I finally found the iOS link. Okay. The thing is, I actually had started playing it uh, when I was back in Bothell because I was really into Suju Shake or the Shake series of games, which was another right. series of K-pop rhythm games with a different developer. And then they deprecated the Shake series and put out Superstar SM uh, and I, I had tried it and I was like, oh, this is new and different. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, but then my friend Amanda started playing it this year and she was like, I'm in it. And I it all came back to me and I managed to log into my old account, my like same account that I had uh, like four years ago. Uh, and I still had all my cards, which made me very happy. But um, yeah, it's a disease. Okay, so, so that's good. So you didn't just start over. That's good. Okay, so it's like a rhythm. So I'm looking at this. It looks like it's like, do you remember Tap Tap Revenge? Yeah, yes. that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, about. I was going to say, so it looks like that, but there's also like a trading card component. Uh, you don't trade them, but you uh, collect, collect them. them and then use them to power each other up. So like gotcha. you can burn cards to make other cards more powerful. Interesting. Okay. It's just All right. I don't think this, I don't I think this is for it, me. I'm into this. I don't know if it's for me, but I will I will download it. I mean, as as we recall, I, I was really obsessed with Kim Kardashian's Hollywood. Um Actually, that might have been that might have dated before our podcast. But there was a time when I really liked Kim Kardashian's Hollywood, and uh, my name was Christina with a K, and I had a wife <laughs> named Michelle, and uh, who, uh, yeah, which, which was super chill. I don't know a hardcore rhythm game, Christina Warren. You're relating my hardcore rhythm game to your uh, Kim Kardashian games. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and fair. also the Kylie and Kendall game, which was terrible. But yeah, I, I totally am because I, you know, like part of it is is the pretty people. That's so, so, so true. All right. Hey, Christina, where can we find you online? So you can find me at film underscore girls on the Twitter and the Instagram. Be sure to uh, bully me there and to clean my office because that actually will help. And, and it is terrible, but it's, it's going to get better. I, it's not going to be done by, <laughs> by message. Bullying works. Is that yeah, basically. Message? I mean, honestly, at a, cert, at, at a certain, I mean, like, obviously, objectively, I'm not saying do that like as a rule, <laughs> but obviously, like in my case, that's what I need right now. Um, I, you know, I, I, I accountability is, is, I think, how you put it, Brie, and maybe that's part of it. So. <laughs> yeah, bully me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, also, you can find the videos that I do at work at um, Microsoft Developer on YouTube. And um, yeah, um, in the comments there, if you also want to comment and be like, hey, Christina, why isn't your office clean? Like, that is also helpful. So. All right. Brianna, what about you? 
Oh, gosh. Uh, you can find me on Brianna Wu on Twitter. And if you want to help uh, support my progressive, amazing pack, you can do that at helptherebellion.com. Nice. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and on Instagram as well. And my videos are at youtube.com slash polygon, baby. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you liked it, please do consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts because that'll help other people find the show and know what to expect when they get into it. And hopefully they'll start right here and not go into the 300 episode backlog. Hey, uh, except to listen to the episode that we did with John Syracuse four to five to three years ago. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Jinx!